0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate.
1: Welcome back, pod people, to a brand new episode of Cinema De More. I'm your host, Justin Morgan. I'm here with... Chuck. And Lexi.
0: Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look, and you'll see into your imagination... Begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation If you want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it
1: Is going to be about Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. I've chosen the theme of food, which sounds generic AF, but what was actually on my mind when I was coming up with it. Food feels very comparable to my cinematic watching experience. And I think this realization came when I was talking to my brother-in-law, G, who is a culinary person. And just the way that he talks about food and compares it to movies is the opposite of what I do, where I can eat anything and be like, yeah, I don't see the big deal, it didn't bother me. That's how he is with movies and TV. But whenever we get into our own subjects, mine being film, his being food, we get really picky about things. And that's kind of what my mind's been swimming around. I think about it almost every time that I run into like a difficult movie, I'm taking time to digest it, that's how I describe it. The whole consumption of everything. Me and Lexi were talking about kind of like what we do for fun and how that gets in the way of times when we need to be creative. And I feel like sometimes my consumption is way too high and my creativity is way too low the more I started thinking about it, the more that I thought that it'd be interesting to have a discussion around movies that have something or somewhat to do with food. Because I feel like when you watch something, you can watch something that's like, I think tonight it's junk food. And I don't think it's just junk food because the premise is around junk food. It's not something that's nourishing to the mind.
2: No, it's a kid's movie too, so it's food for kids
1: food for kids. Kids should eat healthy, Gerber, you know.
2: But kids like junk.
1: Kids love junk. And I'm actually really excited to jump into Willy Wonka because to me it's a mixed bag. Could be a mixed nut bag. As we get into it, I can tell you what I love about this movie and I can talk about things that are very problematic about this movie. And I can now talk about the book and I can talk about things that have not translated really well in the book. <laughs> I'll even talk about the reboot a little bit. Primarily, my focus is on the 1971 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory by Mel Stewart, who's pretty much a one-time director. He's done a couple documentaries, and I think there's a good reason why he's a one-time director.
2: What is the movie about?
1: We have a chocolate company that is renowned around the world as one of the largest, best chocolate companies that there has ever been. It's had its doors closed for some time and it's still been making chocolate without workers. So there's a sort of mystery and what they're able to create, it intrigues the entire world. Willy Wonka, the creator, the founder of Wonka, he puts out a little contest where he's hiding five tickets, kind of like a lottery, in his candy bars. And five kids are gonna have the chance to get to go to this chocolate factory and tour it and there may be a surprise at the end thematically, and this is where I love this story, is that it is a movie about a bunch of piece of shit kids (laughs) because of their piece of shit parents who haven't raised them. There's something I read where they're like, you think of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they're like the four worst kids of the apocalypse type of situation. Besides Charlie, who's kind of our protagonist, I would say, who's a good kid. It's pretty straightforward. All the other ones are little tiny assholes. I just kind of really like that they get what's coming to them. It's a little weird, a little whimsical, a little zany, but I love it. And more importantly, I think I love Gene Wilder more than anything. Because every time that I watch this movie, I always find something more fascinating with him. And there's so many other parts of this movie where I'm like, they could have cut that out. Like the songs, most of the songs. I mean, I like his poem while they're on the boat. And I like, actually do like some of the Oompa Loompa songs. But I don't like all the other stuff that they try to plug into it. Like the Candyman thing. Like, get the fuck out of here. Takes like 40 minutes to get into the movie and you're wasting time almost every single idea that this director mel stewart had to put in the movie is awful he's got a lot of jokes in this movie that don't even work i've read his making of book and he talks about jokes that he got rid of because test audiences didn't understand it and then the jokes that stayed in the movie he doesn't get why people never talk about them or laugh at them
2: i can tell you rolled all personally <laughs> hated this film
1: Yeah, for great reasons, because he basically had zero control over his story. Right. And he negotiated poorly. He negotiated that he would give the rights up to his story if he was allowed to write the screenplay. And by the definition of writing a screenplay, they fulfilled that. But he really only wrote a couple drafts, and then it was being rewritten behind his back. There was another writer that was writing over top of basically everything.
2: The only adaptation of Roald Dahl's work that he was mildly okay with, and even that he wasn't super okay with, was the animated BFG. That was the only one that he was kind of okay with. Everything else, any adaptation he ever saw, he hated. He hated every he hated every single adaptation of his work ever.
1: I read the book yesterday <laughs> for the first time ever. It did not take very long. No, it's a kid's book. And then I watched *Really Wonka. And then I ended up watching the Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I'll say first, the book is better than either of the movies. Yeah. The Tim Burton movie is a lot closer to the book.
2: But then he adds a bunch of nonsense into it, too.
1: He doesn't really change too much, though. The only thing he really incorporates into it... The dentist father and the... Yeah, the backstory to Willy Wonka. Yeah. The backstory to Willy Wonka. He adds that, I think, changes the end yeah. slightly. Not too far off. For Dahl, seeing his work get butchered, it really does feel way butchered. And he doesn't even like Gene Wilder's performance.
2: No, he actually got in a fight with Gene Wilder.
1: <laughs> I don't know about the actual physical fight.
2: Not physical, but like he got in a yelling altercation. no.
1: Oh, I want a physical fight between these two. Okay, so I read this Making of Willy Wonka book that came with my collector's edition of Willy Wonka, the 40th anniversary, Blu-ray said. I think you can still find it pretty easy because it's limited out of 100,000. 100,000 is actually kind of a lot of units, so I don't really think it's that hard to find. But the book, it's written by the director Mel Stewart for, like, the big song, Pure Imagination. This guy has very little imagination. Yeah. He thinks like a producer... He thinks that he's the best at everything, which I guess his ego is pretty huge.
2: Well, I think Dahl was mad that they added music into it as well.
1: He hated the music.
2: Yeah, he was really pissed about that.
1: <laughs> it wasn't good.
2: No, it really wasn't.
1: Sammy Davis Jr. had a version of The Candyman. It was more so the year after this movie came out. That song is its so pointless. <laughs> now... In 2023, it's kind of gross watching this candy man barehand all this fucking candy <laughs> and give it to all these children. On top of the fact that in the book, Charlie's poor and he can't afford anything. Right. His sole focus is on school. They kind of cut that storyline out of this movie a little bit about them being that poor.
3: I mean, they're pretty poor. There's four people living in one bed together. Like, they didn't cut that out.
1: <laughs> they're dirt poor. Okay. But in the very first scene, he's handing out candy and he's not getting any money off these kids. And Charlie's just watching through the window like, get your ass in there, Charlie. Get some free ass candy from this guy that's creepily touching kids. He
2: shows up with a loaf of bread and they go, we're having a fucking feast tonight, boy.
3: (laughs) Boil the good cabbage tonight. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: (laughs) He also had money in this because he worked. He bought it. Yeah his focus wasn't entirely on his childhood but i think all the stuff that they added before the main story is so dumb just going around and doing the newscast
2: the world's building
1: they're all terrible or the joke about the husband they need a ransom and she won't give up her wonka bars it's low bar comedy <laughs> Or the guy in South America that supposedly won the fifth ticket, he was like an aide to Hitler and he ran to South America. So the director thought, oh, this is going to be so funny when we show this guy. (laughs) I can't even think of his name. He's not that prominent. He's not Stalin or something. He's like, nobody laughs. Nobody asks who that guy is. I didn't know that. (laughs) It's not remotely funny. Like the teacher is not even
2: funny. The teacher's an asshole. Yeah, he's just like a mean teacher. He's not even like funny. He's just mean to his kids. That's the thing about this movie is like, it's just a really
1: mean film. They cut out the father. Charlie has no father in this movie because they said the character was boring. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said they stuck to single parents going into the factory. Everyone had both their parents, except for Charlie had only his grandfather in the book. But they like narrowed it out so they didn't have to pay people as much for, you know, having doubled the cast. That's really what that was behind.
2: This movie's budget is not as high as you'd think it would be. Like, it's not a very expensive film.
1: Well, the money was put forward by Quaker Oats. Yeah. (laughs) Mel Stewart, the director. Uh, he pitched this idea to his production company, who mostly did documentaries. And then his buddy David, who's the producer, he ended up making a deal with Quaker Oats because Quaker Oats would front the money, and then they planned on creating and releasing a Wonka bar. Basically, this movie was going to be product placement for the Wonka bar. That's why they put up $3 million. It's like $2.9 to be more accurate. They never ended up coming out with the candy bar. Yeah. It never happened. We might remember it because Nestle ended up making them in the nineties. Yeah. The very first thing that I remember from anything with having to do with Wonka was Runts. Remember all the Runts commercials? Yeah. That's probably, like, the thing I saw before I even even knew what the hell Willy Wonka was.
2: There was that weird period in, like, I think, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, where the Wonka candy stuff came out. Like, remember they had the ice cream? The weird ice cream? Like, there was those banana pops you could peel. They had all that other weird shit.
1: Oh, I don't remember that. But I do remember when me and Chuck worked at Hollywood Video, we did have Wonka bars and some Wonka candy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They had, like, a bunch of weird... they, They made Wonka candy that was, like, all this weird shit that came out. Like, I think it was, like the early 2000s or stuff like that their ice cream is really good though it's some weird shit
1: i don't 100 percent understand why they couldn't come out with some sort of candy bar a quicker oats is it because they wanted to be healthy or was just like all their candy bars just tasting disgusting
3: they probably just like couldn't come it out in time or something probably like just a timing thing
1: yeah i think it was just an issue with
2: it i think that's all it was i can't remember I covered this on my podcast. I did the history of this on there. Kind of know everything that you're talking about with this as far as the budget and all that kind of stuff and what have you. And then of course we talked about the remake with that too. And uh, we spent a whole month talking about Roald Dahl when you're a kid growing up in Canada, we actually have Roald Dahl month, where we celebrate Roald Dahl for like an entire month. And so you have to pick like a book from him and do reports on him and all that kind of shit. So like, I've had to read huge portions of this guy's bibliography and all that kind of stuff. It's been a big part of my life, Roald Dahl. And it's weird to see things where they are right now, where they're like, he's racist and anti-Semitic. And it's like, well, yeah, we, we know that. like <laughs>
1: i think the worst part about it is that when i read what happened to him while making this movie i feel bad for him yeah but then when i also hear about how he was as a person what yeah yeah the naacp came and talked to mel stewart the director and their primary problem were the oompa loompas because the oompa loompas in the book were written as black pygmies stolen from africa yeah my book doesn't have that because they changed it in 1973 so two years after the movie came out they changed it so that they were not described as black they loved chocolate and they negotiated a way to get more chocolate right so that was the number one reason and mel stewart's like idea of well what if we made him orange with green hair they said um i guess that's fine <laughs> yeah sure i I guess you can do that
2: it still never comes across as okay he still went and enslaved a bunch of people he's like well no i saved them it's like
4: eh.
2: it seems 50 50 there's still something weird about
1: it (laughs) they whitewashed it in a way that was to be less offensive to the people right it's also the reason why the title is Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory because Charlie is like a slang word for like a black slave that was working for the slave owner in like a level between them and the slaves hurting his own people. It was called a Charlie so he changed that too but there's so many issues I have with it because I'm fine with the title change because World Dolls says the main character is Charlie. It should be Charlie not Willy Wonka when Mel Stewart's talking about the protagonist, it's Willy Wonka and we don't even get to him till like an hour into the movie. Right. It's kind of a mixed bag because the book, it starts with Charlie and it ends with Charlie, but the very middle, the book, Charlie's inactive as a protagonist. He's just kind of there, but you're not really learning anything about Willy Wonka either. Like he's more plot driven than character
2: driven. I mean, World Dahl is a World War II fat. I mean, he was an airplane mechanic. He wasn't
1: a mechanic, he was a fighter pilot.
2: He's a fighter pilot too, but I thought he was also a mechanic.
1: He's brought down more than five enemy planes. Yeah, he's a badass. Well, probably because he's so racist and anti-Semitic, all that hatred just went into him (laughs) flying planes.
2: Fun fact, he is the inventor of the term the gremlin in machinery. He came up with that, he invented it.
1: It's weird too, fighter pilot that kills people and children's author.
2: Right, the Happy Little Trees guy, he was like a major badass in the war too.
1: Was he? They were talking about Fred Rogers like that because they kept joking about all the tattoos that he had on his arm. They used to
2: say he was a sniper. He was a a badass sniper, yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't think it's true, but I think it's a rumor that works so well.
2: (laughs) This looks great rumor, yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm going to go back and forth between his anti-Semitism and his racism, (laughs) because it's really, really bad. The anti-Semitism came out after this movie came out, but he was talking about the war in Lebanon where Israel is taking over Palestine. Yeah. He tried to be like, I'm against them for that war. And the way that he made it sound was like, you're pitting one religion against another religion shortly afterwards to basically saying like you know hitler had a good reason for taking those people out and you're like whoa dude and in 1973 when they changed his book tried to make it more pc friendly or whatever he called it his slang turn for what the edit was was they de-negroed yeah dude even when he was first talking like the anti-semitic stuff when he was just saying that he was anti Israeli, anti what's going on in that country in the war, I was like, okay, I don't think that's that bad. But then he's dropping the Hitler comments, and I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, man. <laughs> Isn't
2: it interesting that I was made to celebrate him for an entire month, my entire life growing up in Canada? <laughs> This guy was, like, a literary hero to us, and we just, like, celebrated him every month. When we talk about the censorship of his books, that stuff that you're going on about, like, the stuff that they did in the 70s, whatever. It's like when you talk about Rupert the Bear, and Rupert the Bear would go to Piccinini Island. Yeah, we're not doing that. We gotta, like, cut that shit out. When you make the cartoon series, there's a way you can do it. and Completely avoid those kind of things, because there was a cartoon series I grew up watching in the 90s of it with this kind of stuff like there are things you obviously want to edit and cut and things like that but I think calling Augustus a fat large child is appropriate I think there are things about his books that are kind of necessary like I think there's a rude dickish nature to his books that kind of as a kid and Don't go into his books like looking for a positive story. His stories are always like, once upon a time, there was a kid who was treated like shit. And he lived with a really abusive family who everybody hated him and everybody treated him terrible. And then he had this really awful adventure and he came out the other side of it alive, the end. They're never really, like, truly positive stories. There's not really anything truly positive that comes out of them, other than the fact that these kids come out of these things kind of alive. Like, Matilda is one of the most depressing books, like, in the entire world. This story is pretty depressing, all things considered, too. Like, I would not consider the ending of this happy. It's a strange ending.
1: Yeah, they don't starve. It's a pretty good ending.
2: I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like I guess it's one of his more positive stories. James and the Giant Peach is incredibly depressing. Yeah. Most of his stories are pretty dark and heavy. I mean, the BFG, I would say, is probably one of his lightest stories, and it literally ends with war.
1: I bought a few of them. I feel terrible because I actually rented from my library digitally Charlie and Chocolate Factory, and I did it a month ago. I know i got to read this soon. When can I get this in? And when I looked, my book had just expired by a day Aww. and they had just recently announced in the media that they're doing another edit of these books where they're taking out words like fat and ugly and yeah. mom and dad making it into parents.
2: Well, that the, the edits to witches are bad. Like, I don't like the edits to witches. I'm like, leave witches alone. I'm like, let them be ugly bitches. Like, I like, I like, I like, I like, I like, I am like. That's what makes witches great. I'm like, witches is one of my favorite stories ever. And that movie's fucking awesome.
1: The worst part about it was when I tried to renew the book, it's like, oh, the estimated time is seven weeks now. I'm like, you couldn't have dropped that story in another week. You had to do it right when we were doing the Willy Wonka episode and I wanted to read the book.
2: The thing I love about witches, I use that. Tell your kids that I'm a witch. Cause I got big feet and I hide them in my shoes and I'm bald.
1: Yeah, you are. Yeah,
2: I could like take my wig off and be like, I'm a witch. And they're like, oh my God. You know, it's like, it all works in my favor.
1: Those are the couple that I got. I got The Witches. I got James and Giant Peach. And I also got Fantastic Mr. Fox.
2: Fantastic Mr. Fox is good too. Obviously we know that one.
1: I know the movies. I've never read any of his books ever.
2: I actually think that Roald Dahl would have appreciated Wes Anderson's adaptation of fantastic mr fox i actually think that that's one that he might have actually liked i think he did it really well i think he captured it pretty accurately
1: it's a great movie but like i love that movie i do love the witches i didn't see the new witches but the original witches i saw that as a kid and i thought it was a terrifying oh horrifying (laughs) i loved it
2: It it's a great movie that's why i liked it
1: We discussed that on the podcast, and we did Fantastic Mr. Fox.
2: See, we covered all of these. uh, So we covered the BFG, so we did the original and the remake. We did The Witches, the original, and the really fucking bad HBO remake that they just did recently. Do not recommend the remake at all. And then we did the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the original and the remake. I think we went with the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory at the end of the day. I don't think we went with the Tim Burton (sighs) one. I think I like 2005 one more, because I just think it's a more cohesive piece of filmmaking at the end of the day, and I think that the story, narrative, and structure works a bit better, but I think there are disappointments in it. I think I can't stand the Oompa Loompas, I can't stand like the choice of showing the kids leave the factory. Like I like the horror from the original, but I think from a filmmaking standpoint, I just think that the remake was a more cohesive piece of structuring if you're trying to tell this guy's story. So I'm gonna go with 2005 one, the remake. Uh <laughs> boo. But it doesn't matter what you think, because me and my but I, voice I, as I said, like you guys aren't wrong. The 71 one was a good film. It was.
1: I mean, it was close for me too, to be honest.
2: Wilder is just.
1: It was not. Close it's it's hard all.
2: to like not not be into that performance from Wilder. Wilder is so fucking off the chain in that movie. you know i am someone who grew up in the 90s and i don't know about you guys but i was still waiting for my tim burton marilyn manson willy wonka film that i was promised and never got where's that
1: i don't know if you were really promised that that was like a campaign by marilyn manson like (laughs) he wanted the role and he put it out there that he was gunning for the role i don't think he was he everybody
2: wants that film we're still waiting for that film
1: Well, you know what? Not now. Now he's a sexual predator.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: (laughs) It would have made the movie even worse.
2: Yeah, it really would (laughs) have.
1: Of. comparatively between this and the tim burton one i like the plot of the tim burton one a lot more how it follows the book but if you could take gene wilder and put him into the tim burton one you can have something mixed from that i kind
2: of agree of with one. you one that's... thing i noticed this time around though with the gene wilder one i love the way that the johnny Depp one has like severe ocd like he doesn't like being touched and like all that kind of stuff that was one of my favorite things about that one like he just feels disgusted by being around the kids and all that but i noticed that. Gene Wilder also had that little bit of OCD as well and I never caught that until like this time around. That's one of my favorite like things about it is like him not liking being touched by the kids or any of that kind of stuff like that idea of them just being completely disgusted by being around these kids. (laughs) that's so great
1: it's one of the few movies too where it's like i don't like kid actors i didn't find charlie particularly annoying no he's good the kids were what they were supposed to be they were i think
2: the kids are excellent in the original i think they're some of like the best kid actors my favorite is augustus i've always like adored the scene with augustus because you could blatantly see gene wilder knee augustus into the river (laughs) That's like my favorite scene. He's like, stop touching my chocolate. And he goes up behind him. And he like lightly knees him in the ass and pushes him into the river. He just killed that kid. It's so funny.
1: They shot the whole movie in Munich because it was cheaper. And they had mostly a German crew. He was a German actor and he couldn't speak English very well. So they had to keep feeding him his lines. And they said the hardest thing for him to say was fudge. He did not say (laughs) fudge. fudge correctly i loved him they gave him a copy of the book in german so he knew what the hell was going on overall for the story (laughs) but they were like he can speak german that's fine he's in the movie less than the rest of the kids so
2: veruca salt is like one of the best kid performers in that movie i mean she owns that role she's an absolute tyrant she's fantastic like she's also my favorite character in the movie like i fucking love her she's a fucking asshole though but she's great
1: and we have roy Kinnear he's tv mike her dad oh no the dad no 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 no, the dad he's rory not really far off kinnear's dad rory does a ton of british movies now he's been in the bond movies he's been in edgar wright movies he's been in black mirror when i saw the name i'm like it can't be him (laughs) because unless he's a kid and then they're like no he plays the dad i'm like oh roy named his kid rory So it's just one R missing, and it's not the same person at all.
2: That's so funny.
1: He is like a prominent British actor. He did a Three Musketeers movie, and they were doing the return of the Four Musketeers, and the guy died because he fell off the horse. That's
2: awful. He just took the whole mood down. You're like, yeah, everything's funny. Oh, okay.
1: In this movie, too, with the kids, where they're like, they're taking off the kids one by one. I mean, I've seen the articles where they talk about him, like, is he a serial killer? Even if he's not, he does have sociopath tendencies. He's definitely knows that he's taken off the kids one by one. And it's clear as day when they get on the boat. And it's like there weren't enough seats for all of them. (laughs) Somebody had to go.
3: That's one of the things I do like about the remake and the book is I do enjoy getting to see the
1: the results of the kids.
3: Yeah, it's very cartoonish, like when the, the one kid's all stretched out because they had the, like, strip.
2: Stretched out, yeah. TV mic, yeah
3: yeah and the one that yeah they they get they all kind of
2: taffy puller
3: yeah they they had to put them in the taffy puller to stretch them back out to normal size like so i always enjoy that in the uh in the remake and violet beauregard they had to like squeeze all the juice out of her like a blueberry
2: she's like still purple
3: uh, yeah yeah the, yeah the purple stays
1: <laughs> that's accurate that happens to the book right in yeah. this movie though at the end you never see the kids
3: <laughs> yeah you never see the other kids it's just assumed that i guess they all die
1: right so as far as this movie's concerned these kids could be being killed and they could be a part of the recipe and that might tie into a whole other theme that this food theme gets into on our (laughs) the next
3: step is hot willy wonka with timothy chalamet
1: yeah oh my god yeah I i heard about
2: this
3: you know maybe maybe that'll reveal his serial killer roots that it started when he was young
2: why are they doing this again well it's a prequel it's not the same story oh so of course the it's... fucking prequel oh my god can we not
3: gotta have prequels.
2: It's, it's we're doing it prequel and that prequel let's let's fuck off with the prequels let's not that we don't need to do the prequels let's, it's fucking Jesus no i don't Christ. think you
1: need to ever explain more i mean i was fine with the little bit that they put in tim burton's with his dad why
2: are we so obsessed with doing a prequel to this When the obvious step, the step that we're all waiting for, the glass elevator. Why are we not doing the glass elevator? No, seriously, there's a book for it. I've read the book. It's pretty fucking good. So
1: the glass elevator was going to happen after this movie, but because the way that they optioned the first movie, Dahl was not going to option the other movie.
2: Obviously, yeah.
1: It's really funny. The director is writing from his perspective in this making of book. And he was like, they had to keep being like, come on, you got to get the script to be more realistic. It can't be all this fantasy crap, which made me think, does this guy realize what type of movie he's making first of all? (laughs) But then they get into, he gets a phone call while they're filming. And he's like, what is that? I'm hearing that there's this like young writer that's like rewriting all my stuff. I want you to fly to London right now and bring the script to me. And the director says that his he flies to London. Roald Dahl takes the script and goes and reads it in like two hours and comes back out and says, it's fine. I don't think that's the real story because <laughs> he's like really fucking angry about it where he said that he almost wanted to boycott the movie. Right, right. I think your story about him being okay with it is like completely wrong.
2: Did they read any of Roald Dahl's works? Everything he makes is fantastical.
1: So he got the story from his daughter. His daughter read and loved the book. His daughter, of course, is in the movie too. She's the one that said that she bought a hundred Wonka bars or whatever. For the math problem. Yeah. There's a lot of nepotism in this movie. (laughs) He also has his son in the movie. He's the one that comes in and updates the teacher with, there's still another candy bar out there, or whatever the hell it is. That's also his son. They brought the book to him. He liked the idea of the book, but he has never directed anything before, like a narrative. And they were looking for something to direct... And it kind of like came together really well because Quaker Oats wanted to make a tie-in candy bar. So it was easy to get the funds and they weren't a big studio. So they were gonna have a lot of freedom with the type of stuff that they wanted to do in this movie.
2: This is like some Dino DiLorente's shit.
4: Oh, it's bad because-
1: (laughs) (laughs) He said the very first script that World Doll gave him, the first draft, it would've been a two and a half hour movie and it was identical to the book. This is supposed to be a hundred minutes. <laughs> you have to bring this down. <laughs> you got to take out all this crap that you <laughs> that you wrote that was in the book. Like we need the adapted. But the thing though, where I think this guy is just wrong is he loses a lot of stuff and then he puts in music and he's so the full musical of musical numbers, like, yeah. He's like, they wanted to put them in because, you know, Wizard of Oz had them and, you know, the sound of music, of course, the sound of music had them.
2: (laughs) When you think of the malicious quality of the behavior of Willy Wonka and the majority of the film, the musical numbers do feel very out of place because they have this warm, inviting, lighthearted feeling to a film that essentially has a bunch of very poorly behaved children who are being punished by a man who has very little sympathy for them and isn't really like caring and excited about his whimsy his whimsy and exciting things are kind of there to fuck with their heads like his stuff isn't there to be like cute and fun his stuff is there to kind of fuck with you and make you go like what the hell is going on here like
1: it is marilyn manson who said that he saw willy wonka as like a version of satan he knew your biggest temptation okay are you gonna make the right choice or the wrong choice he
2: themed an entire album around this i mean
1: yeah i know this kid's gonna make the wrong choice because that's exactly who that kid is the everlasting gobstoppers where the slugworth or slughorn or whatever wanted the recipe slugworth you had it right that was an okay addition i think To be like okay here's this creepy guy whispering to kids it's almost funny that he's in every scene for absolutely no reason whispering into these these kids it's here. interesting
2: to test the children the way that he realizes with charlie like charlie gives it back and he's like you're the only kid who's actually a good kid
1: i do like mike tv when he's like i can't wait to get a real gun and his dad's like not until you're 12. right <laughs>
2: it's so american
1: the director said that it took 20 takes because he couldn't get the dad to say it the line right so i don't know who this guy was
2: i love the used car salesman dad too with the little girl that she's gum
1: that was all right i thought just like a lot of the stuff like for him wanting realism he made it really cartoony for like how the world was obsessed with some of the changes i don't get he changed it from february 1st to october 1st he changed the years like you haven't seen willy wonka in three years instead of 10 years oh and the guy that's talking about the oompa loompas for no reason with he's like selling meat cleavers or something (laughs) something (laughs) He's just like, no one goes in, no one comes out. And he walks away, and I'm like, what choice was that to put in the movie? You could have just had Grandpa saying it like he did in the book, and it wouldn't have been weird.
2: It's very Rocky Horror vibes.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that Gene Wilder is exactly the Willy Wonka in the book no but i really do like his characterization of willy wonko his introduction is one of the my favorite introductions to character like i like him walking out with his cane and acting like he's mysteriously disfigured and then does his like weird ass role thing this is what this character is going to be for the rest of the movie <laughs> you don't know i guess
2: they didn't know he was going to do that either he just did it
1: this was actually his idea before they did it, he wanted to work on his introduction. He asked if they would do that. So that's why in advance they have the styrofoam brick where his cane gets stuck in it and everything. And he actually had people work with him so he could do the role without like, not like injuring himself, I guess. I wish it was more spontaneous. It was his idea, but it wasn't as spontaneous.
2: I thought there was something about it, like he didn't let anybody know or something like that, like no one knew it was going to happen or something like that.
1: Oh, that might be true. They tried to keep a lot of things like... And yeah, maybe with
3: like the actors didn't know.
1: Yeah, because they, they did that for the main chocolate room. They didn't let the actors see it until they were filming them. And then the director was talking about how miserable it was to film in there because there's so much crap everywhere. When they needed to do close-ups and stuff, they had nowhere for their camera department to go to light it and everything. The way the backgrounds are with every shot, you can't fake it. It's not like the white TV room that they have at the end of the movie. He's like, you could just shoot them anywhere. It didn't matter where they were. You can't tell.
2: Why do you think in the remake they didn't go so hard on the boat scene?
1: I think the question is, why did they go so hard in Willy Wonka? In the original. Right. Because yeah. it actually, the boat scene in Burton's is the same. Right. They're scared, but they're scared because of the ride and what just happened to Augustus. And they don't really know what's going on and then in this version it is pure insanity he, right. he is singing his little poem or whatever that's from the book and he sounds like he lost his fucking mind and it's all psychedelic earlier when they're eating all the candy and stuff there's theories that it's drugs that got them all high that's that's funny they wanted to name this movie the candy man But they didn't want to call it the Candyman because it was slang for a drug dealer. Right. So, but they still call him the Candyman in the script. Maybe it was a nod to the fact that he got them high and they were all tripping out on this chocolate boat ride why
2: do you think they went so hard on the imagery in there like there's some shit in there
1: i don't know he filmed all that stuff there's
2: some shit in there that that's like right out of a faces of death like movie like
1: no like he decapitates a chicken yeah like there's some hard they didn't shit find in that there. footage they went out there and decapitated a chicken and made that the footage it's so he weird. had his friend lay on the ground and let a millipede run across his face it's so overly dark it's probably my favorite part of the movie It gets to this really dark-ass place with all this creepy imagery. Everybody's fucking terrified. Willy Wonka's losing his shit. And then, like, at the snap of the finger, because Willy Wonka's (laughs) a sociopath or something. It has, like, this really abrupt end to the music. All right, we're where we're supposed to be. We're at the the next room. He did say in his book that he chose that stuff because it was dark, but it happened so quick that you would forget about it or it wouldn't be lingering there. I feel like you kind of created something subconsciously that's going to haunt people after they watch the movie when they're going to like, wait a minute, I saw the cat chicken." chicken 100%.
2: That's the kind of shit that like clearly influenced like generations of like horror artists and like horror musicians, and like horror people like that did not like influence the right people. Like it went completely the wrong direction. Yeah, I'm like (laughs) this shit's like not what it should have been. My favorite part is when they—he makes them get in that car. It's fueled by like the ginger beer and all that shit, and it just—it's foam on them for no fucking reason.
1: <laughs> I really hate of the additions. I don't like the fizzy drink scene. The fizzy lifting drink scene. Yeah. No, I don't like it because
3: it's one of the weirdest ones. Like I feel like even when I was a kid, I was always like, especially after I'd seen the movie one time, I was like, I was like, ugh, go back to everyone else. Like, what are Charlie and Grandpa just doing? Just yeah. hanging out and sipping some fizzy pop.
1: This is like another deviation. I get what the director wants because he wants that conflict at the end of the movie between Charlie and Willy Wonka. And he makes this like obvious choice. He And he didn't like the fact that Charlie was like so passive, but you made him just as bad as the other kids essentially because he was told not to do something and he still did it it's such a dumb scene anyways they're clearly being pulled up on wires it's not hidden real well the special effects they suck it's a, bu- it's a bubble machine <laughs> in a huge room
2: i mean let's be honest most of the special effects in this movie kind of suck anyway
1: but i can forgive it a little bit for the time i
2: can too like i'm not hating on it I'm, they're not good effects they just kind of
1: The effects in this movie are kind of ugly, like when they have the big spectacle places. The
2: candy room, it's not very pretty.
1: Nothing in this movie really looks good. No. Even the director admits when you get to Willy Wonka's office, it was last minute. Be like, what should we do that's really weird? So they started cutting everything in half.
2: I like his office. It's so pointless. It reminds me of like a uh, Ripley's Believe It or
1: Not. (laughs) (laughs) the director keeps saying oh the script is so nonsensical you do not sound like you're the person that should be directing this movie (laughs) fantasy is not in your head at all you can't think outside the box which is a hundred percent what the book is burton's okay the cg in it at times is pretty damn ugly
2: it's pretty awful oh my god
1: some of it's not terrible i prefer the squirrels to the golden goose egg i
2: can't stand the oompa loompas and burtons i can't stand the musical numbers either
1: i do like them i do like deep roy deep roy (laughs) i was never never into that i actually thought some of them were more catchy (laughs) to be honest
2: i wasn't into that
3: he's the king of the mustaches
1: so who's buried here
5: just an old friend yo man buenos dias buenos dias you backstabbing motherfuckers so I understand you all have found the man at Water Sanchez. Is this true? Yes, we find him. It's found. It's past tense, munchkin. Hey, whoa, 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 hey, whoa. hey, hey, hey. C- come on, easy, easy. All right. This is a simple transaction. There's no reason for anybody to get cut. Okay? Lower the scissors and the tiny blade, please. Lower them.
3: Tell your bitch to stop sassing me.
5: I am not his bitch. Just, shh. All right? No reason to fucking bicker. At one point, both y'all were my bitches, so it's fine. You can bond on that. You don't have to be at each other's throats. Just give me and Hector some money, and we'll give you the address. We're keeping the pillowcase.
3: Yes. Fucking sleep on it. Let me have
5: the money first. Good. We will keep it.
3: How much is that? About $40. $40? That's
5: not
4: $40.
5: 40 bucks is all you're gonna get. Just give us the fucking address. Come on. What the fuck is this?
4: Hello? 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 What Hello? The hell is he saying? Hello? Hello?
5: Phone book, motherfucker. Phone book. the thinks he might be in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Whoa. So you roll me twice, huh? Why don't you go back home where you belong? Why do you keep telling me to go home? Why don't you go home? Where the fuck are you from? You're not from Mexico. I'm from the streets of Bombay. Mexico is the place where the gold is. Well, I haven't seen any fucking gold around here.
0: Follow the yellow brick road.
5: <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll find the Ewok village you came from.
0: You got it wrong, buddy. I'm Yoda.
5: Now, why don't you two charlatans just get the hell out of here before <laughs> I rip that fake mustache off your face? <laughs> I always carry Tim.
4: Always.
5: Vamos, actor, vamos! Fuck. <laughs> I'm the king! Of what, motherfucker? Of mustaches? Fucking motherfuckers, fuck. Nice pants, where'd you get them at, Gap, Baby? Don't fall in the river and someone mistake you for a fucking floating turd. Fuck
4: you. Fuck you too, bitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's some really bad CG in that movie. Like, it's harsh. It's really hard to look at sometimes.
1: It seems to be worse in like the opening credits and stuff than it is
2: the boat scene in particular, there's some really bad CG in that too.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's like a weird lull for Tim Burton. I don't think he made a terrible movie, but it, we just got off of, I think, Big Fish, which I thought was like a huge high point for the director.
2: When you think about the Tim Burton Willy Wonka, let's leave out like the Marilyn Manson shit and all that. The very idea of Tim Burton doing a Willy Wonka has always been something that everybody anticipated and and was excited about the idea of like, it's been a holy grail of we want to see this director make this. It's something that everybody wanted and waited for and knowing his visual style, his background,
1: knowing (laughs) now they're like, please stop, please make something original. He was really (laughs)
2: well suited to making that movie. But I think maybe he would have made a better film if he had done it earlier in his career. Or, who knows, maybe we would have gotten the same film regardless.
1: Or, like, later. Like, did you see Dumbo?
2: Dumbo, I, I wasn't... I didn't see that one.
1: Dumbo is a really good-looking movie.
2: Is it? Because that Alice in Wonderland was one of the ugliest things I ever saw.
1: Right. Like, this period yeah. of time, Alice in Wonderland 2010 or something like that. Right, And this 2005... It's like a really ugly CG that does not hold up well at all.
2: He's an incredibly competent director. I mean, did you see Big Eyes?
1: If Big is in the front of the title, it's a great movie. It was
2: such a good movie. And it's like, you're a brilliant director. I know that you have the capability of doing this. If you had brought more of that Edward Scissorhands kind of slow pacing, visual style element into the Willy Wonka story you would have ended up with a better film i don't know how we ended up with what we ended up with i don't even think johnny depp was a bad choice for Willy wonka i don't because i i think he's a very competent character actor i don't think he was a bad choice
1: i'll say this i really think the movies i'd almost see them like a deadlock for me because gene wilder everybody
2: got michael jackson vibes from johnny depp when he was playing that role too
1: I don't think he's necessarily wrong for the role to carry the film as much as he does. He's not as interesting as Gene Wilder.
2: No, no, he's not.
1: His awkwardness is fine. I feel like that's what they were wanting, what they were going for. They succeeded, but he doesn't match the factory of stuff that he's making. Like, you think he'd be more eccentric.
2: (laughs) Wilder feels more in control. Wilder yeah. feels like he is a madman who is in control of his world. Depp feels like a guy with a daddy complex who is trying to prove something to somebody who isn't even there.
1: I don't know. Gene Wilder has a daddy complex, too.
2: No, he is the daddy.
1: He's the he's the daddy. He is Charlie's daddy. He's the stand-in for his dad.
3: <laughs> That's what everyone's going to be saying about Timothy Chalamet yeah. in a few months here. <laughs> the daddy
1: did
4: wonka.
2: you i i i also noticed that um that willy wonka is a child groomer
1: <laughs> yeah it, they all are all <laughs> versions
2: yeah it ends with him saying i don't want to work with an adult i want a child so i can groom him to run my factory the way that i want it run
1: in today's day and age i feel really uncomfortable around other people's children <laughs> If they want to, like, climb on you and stuff, I'm like, please just get away from me. Like, I don't want you anywhere near
2: me. That's a personal problem there, Justin.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing. It's like Gene Wilder, when he's first meeting all the kids, he's rubbing the kid's head. And it was giving me, like, you know, the memes that you were seeing about Joe Biden. At TV.
4: It
1: felt creepy and not as sincere. I don't know if it's the second or third kid. I don't know if it's Baruch assault. Uh, Definitely for her. I don't know if it's Violet, but he's always like, no, don't do that. Stop. (laughs) Like, conviction to his voice. And I always like when they're like, where did they go? Ah, just the incinerator.
2: (laughs) There is a really good interaction between Johnny Depp and I believe it's a little girl who chews gum in the, the remake when she tries to talk to him and she's trying to like butter up to him. And he's like, ew, just like disgusted with her, like trying to interact with him and talk to him, puts his hands up and he's like, okay, you can go away now, bye. Like, don't talk to me.
1: Took a line right from the book Veruca. That sounds like a wart that would be at the bottom of your foot. <laughs> also like the Mike TV kid where he asks. questions question and Willy Wonka is always like I can't hear you if you're mumbling I can't answer that question yeah
2: yeah I don't want to see a prequel
1: well you're getting it and the weirdest thing about it is that Wonka prequel it was originally supposed to come out now March 2023 they started filming it I think there's pictures of him unless it was just a costume test or something does anybody want it I don't do I watch it yeah I'll probably watch it but
2: who's fucking asking for this people keep saying hollywood's out of ideas like you're not out of ideas
1: no it's ip it's like oh they're gonna use it to sell candy right or they're gonna sell it to boost sales for this movie and Burton's movie again
2: you know that there is a drawer in hollywood full of brilliantly written scripts that some guy is like that's a really good script i'm not making that drop
1: I mean, this is also the same world where people can make two of the best movies you've ever seen and the third one's a financial flop and right. they never let that person direct a movie ever again. And then
2: they'll let M. Night Shyamalan keep making flop after flop after flop and then give him an exclusive deal with Warner Brothers.
1: You know what? I think as long as it's financially successful, I don't think he's been flopping the last couple of years, but as long as it's a cheap movie and you, you know you're going to make your money back like ah, it's, it's five million tops. So make it work
2: i don't understand it like how can there be these directors who have so many unsuccessful films and they just keep giving them chances and then there are these directors who like make one film failure and then that's it there's no chance for you ever again like
1: i kind of wish it was more along the lines of everybody got the opportunity that m night shaman
2: look at john carpenter like if you know the history of john you you know the history of john carpenter's career
1: i've never heard of the guy (laughs)
2: one mistake and then that was it like his entire career was like back to independent films
1: oh even even his best movies are considered terrible at the time This movie, Willy Wonka, it bombed. I think it made its money, kind of, but with the advertising or nobody saw this movie. He said it didn't become a cult classic until VHS. He's like, when it came out on VHS, that's when it became like super popular again. It's in
2: the Library of Congress.
1: As of 2014 or something. I'm kind of impressed because it's an American made movie that feels pretty British.
2: I actually thought it was a British film.
1: It has a couple actors in it, but most of them are American. Like, Charlie's an American actor. Augustus isn't, obviously. Uh, Veruca might be straight-up British, She's she's very British. British. Three of them are definitely Americans. (laughs) Most of the parents are Americans. I think Gene Wilder's American, right? Yeah. He is a great, mysterious character that keeps you guessing. He can be endearing. He can also be creepy, and... Like, almost all of his performances, though, like, every Gene Wilder performance I see, it's a pretty much always a standout performance. The only ones better than this are maybe, like, Young Frankenstein, and I love Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask. It's literally the funniest thing that I've ever seen with him.
2: He is pretty good, Young Frankenstein.
3: I've never seen anything bad with Gene Wilder. Actually, uh, yeah, I'm
2: personally a big fan of Hear No Evil, See No Evil. <laughs> that movie's great
1: even like his bit stuff like he's so funny in bonnie and Clyde for like the second thing he's Dude, in
2: that it. era of comedy where it's gene wilder and um richard pryor those are some of the funniest fucking movies i've yeah. ever seen in my life and they can never ever be made again they're like some of the most racist and offensive films ever but man they're funny shit good shit though like man the toy oh my god
1: <laughs> have you seen everything yep Everyone to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask?
2: Me? No, I never even heard of it.
1: It's from a non problematic director named Woody Allen.
2: Oh, <laughs> that would be why I've never seen it.
1: It's a couple different stories, but Gene Wilder's is fucking hilarious, where he essentially falls in love with a sheep and he's. Starts... <laughs> starts having this affair with the sheep telling you like as dumb as i'm making it sound it's (laughs) it's fucking hilarious (laughs) it's just like
3: it's probably the best part of that movie i mean there's a lot of dumb stuff in that movie but that's
1: yeah his like wife walks in on him and he's like it's not what you think (laughs) he's got the wool on his
2: i think i've seen like three woody allied films maybe i've seen that black and white one where he dates the 17 year old
1: Manhattan there you go Woody Allen is essentially independent I mean he's on par with M. Night Shyamalan I think because he does have good movies but he he would make a movie like every year every year every year every year so it's like he might have two bad movies and a good movie three bad movies and then a good movie
2: I just think he's gross so I don't really watch his
3: movies
1: well you know what's interesting I think like his last movie he made was a Timothy Chalamet movie
3: bringing it all back together
1: yep now he's in Willy Wonka doll did two screenplays, too. Do you know what they are?
3: I can't remember.
2: I
1: used to know. Did he do a Bond? He, he did. I thought so. He did one Bond movie. You Only Live Twice. Yeah.
2: I wish, though, the role doll James Bond movie was like, once there was a secret agent and everything was terrible and his family was really abusive to him and he had to find a giant spider and ride a peach across the ocean. <laughs>
1: Okay, Lauren Michaels, Woody Allen also did James Bond movie.
2: <laughs> did he really? He did a
1: comedic version of Casino Royale.
2: Yeah, I've seen the original Casino Royale, the very first one before. That's
1: him. That's his movie. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, the other movie that he wrote was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
2: I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
1: Both of them are based on Ian Fleming books.
2: Huge Chitty Chitty Bang Bang fan. Not even joking.
1: Which is another funny thing, because right now, they said that they're going back <laughs> and they're taking out the racist things in Ian Fleming's Bond books.
2: That one and Babes in Toyland are actually pretty fucking good.
1: He did not do Babes in Toyland.
2: And Knobs and, and Broomsticks.
1: He didn't do that one. I don't think anything's unfilmable, because this guy, Mel Stewart, was like, yeah, you couldn't film this book. You definitely could have filmed this entire book probably in 1970, whenever they were filming this, just fine. It was just too expensive. You know what I mean.
2: I mean, Matilda is pretty much spot on, perfect to the book.
1: Danny DeVito's Matilda.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: There's a new one too.
2: Are they doing a new one? Did they do a new one?
1: I think it's done. I think it's out. Yeah, it's like it a Netflix movie. Out.
2: Oh no! Oh, no, you don't need to. A, ma- a musical. The original was so perfect. Well, you know what? I might consider that. That might be okay.
1: I think it's, it has Emma Thompson in it. Really? Yeah, there you go. When you come back with the 3D mers you can do the Matilda. I could look at that. Keep seeing funny clips where they're doing like hardcore heavy metal music with the kids singing in the new Matilda movie.
2: We did an entire month of movies that were not musicals that were remade into musicals.
1: I want the opposite. I want a musical remade into a non-musical.
2: They never do that, but I wouldn't be opposed. Like, imagine if they did that with West Side Story.
1: It'd probably be really good. Like, I really do think so.
2: It could. It could actually be a really good movie.
1: I think you might lose your musical audience, though. I think the people that are yeah. like, oh, "I love the source material," you're like, "We took the musical and we took all the musical the music out of it."
2: I don't know, man. That that Spielberg one was really good. It was a really good West Side Story.
1: I agree with you too. Chuck Chuck does not
2: really. Do you like the original? Yeah.
1: He he does like the original, but he's just not a fan of Spielberg. The Spielbergs? Hmm. Not nostalgic to the old one. I think Spielberg made the better movie.
2: I always wondered, and I, I know we talked about the Quaker shit and all that. Like, I do genuinely, like, wonder how nobody throughout the years didn't try to market more Willy Wonka chocolate or, like, candy or shit off of it.
1: They kind of did it after the VHS age. Like, that's when the candy came out. Even the director said by 2000, 2001, he's like, it kept getting on lists for all types of things. Like, he said it was, like, number one in variety for, like, movies to watch on a rainy day. He's like, it's like, super dumb, but it puts your movie out there again for people to be like i want to see that
2: how is it not normal today to like see like wonka shit in the stores and whatever like how did we not normalize it you know what i mean
1: well here's another weird thing i think i've become so much of a reckless that i don't go out anymore so i'm not ever like seeing what candy's on display honestly i think though when i'm like at a grocery store that candy's just like the most you know generic candy of all time
2: i don't see shit i don't see anything when i go out
1: in the movie theater i don't even see anything wonka no 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 10 years ago you would have
2: Even the Wonka candy was just a different branding of, like, I think, like, you know, Cadbury or, you know, Mars or whatever. I mean, there's one fucking candy company that makes everything anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: I think... Nestle owns fucking everything. Hershey's the biggest chocolate plant in the United States. I don't know about the world, but... Yeah. In the United States, it is.
2: Mars has a huge candle on Europe, which Mars, I think, is a subsidiary of Nestle anyway. Nestle owns fucking everything at some point.
1: The more I think about this movie, most of the sets seem kind of generic to me. The cast was all right. The main cast. I didn't really care for any of the crap in the, like the first 30 minutes of this movie. They could have cut like, absolutely everything out of it, including the musical numbers, and it would have been great. It's Gene Wilder that puts this movie together for me entirely. I think
2: the Burton one is too long. It's way too long.
1: It isn't. It's an hour and 50 minutes or something. That's
2: too long. Honestly, I think this one goes on a bit too long, too. Like you said, like, I could cut out, like, a bunch of shit from the start of this movie.
1: I think when Charlie gets his golden ticket to get into Wonka's factory, I believe it's, like, the 40-minute mark of the movie.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, yeah.
1: And the director was bitching about, like, how long it takes to get the Gene Wilder. Then cut that shit out. <laughs> you know why he didn't cut it out? Because if he cut it out, he had only had, like a 50-minute movie. That's what it really came down to. Although I would like to see their version of squirrels, <laughs> how they would pull off the squirrels, but they had been Muppets or something. The director too, Mel Stewart, I I don't like the guy. I was <laughs> like that, I'm not vibing with this director very much. Yeah, he's a douchebag. He talked about how he went to school for music study, but then he realized that like he was no good at it. And then, when he started doing the music stuff for this, his ego is so big. Like, I'm the reason why this all sounded good because I knew what was going on from my music studies. And because I was a director, I snuck in some of my own music, which the only music that he wrote is the shit that Wonka plays on the flute to get the (laughs) Oompa to
4: come
1: out. I do dig them. But then the director, he's also really weird because in his book, he's talking about the PC nature. It was the civil rights movement, and that's why they basically whitewashed the movie so it would be like less offensive. But to hear him talk about his quote-unquote vertically challenged people, he just sounds so out of touch from this book that he probably wrote like 10 years ago.
2: I always think about Wee Man on Jackass when he would do the balloon skateboarding.
1: It seemed like everybody was like, okay, orange and green, fine. And then when they saw them, they were like, all right, I guess they're okay. It
2: must have sucked to be a fucking little person actor back in the day.
1: The main Oompa Loompa is a big British actor. He gets all the big roles. And the seven other Oompa Loompas that they got, none of them spoke English. They were like Augustus. They had to teach them the basic lines, and then they fixed it in post. They did the song numbers and, and post and they fixed it. When he was filming it, and they got to the end, the last line of the movie was Grandpa just saying, yippee. And he hurried up, and he called the screenwriter. And he's like, I need you to give me a line for the end of the movie. And the screenwriter's like, how much time do I have? You have three minutes. And he came back with the line that Willy Wonka said about, I don't know, dreams or whatever Oh, it he says. And he's like, that's brilliant. And he puts it in. That's kind of the thesis for why Dahl hates these movies so much. He called the director an unimaginative idiot or something, and I'm like, I think he is. Like, I really do think he is. How he's made this movie as whimsical as he did, I don't know. I I mean, he's not all the way there. Are you even fans of this movie? Did you guys grow up with this movie?
2: No, my mom hates this film.
1: So you hate it because your mom hates it or your mom wouldn't let you watch it?
2: I wouldn't say she wouldn't let me watch it, but it wasn't something that she like put on.
1: I will disown you if you <laughs> if you say that you like Willy Wonka.
2: I don't remember where I saw it. I don't know if she gave it to me or what have you. I, like you said, obviously we all know how I feel about kids. So I'm like any any movie that kills kids, I'm a big fan of. So
1: And in this movie they do
2: and they definitely do in this one
1: but they're not at the end they're dead
2: I like the snideness I like the shitty like I said I love that he like literally knees Augustus into the river and the shitty way he treats them I like Veruca Salt I think there's plenty of things about this movie that somebody like me can take away from it and enjoy but whenever somebody says to me oh we're gonna watch this movie like when you brought up that we're watching this movie there's something about me that just goes like oh I just don't want to.
1: Well, now you know how I felt last month with you, do.
2: I'm not mad that I had to watch it. Like, I'm, It's not a movie that's bad. I would tell people to watch it. I recommend it. There's nothing about it that's negative.
1: And covering it on your old podcast, I didn't require you to watch the Tim Burton one and none of the other movies are in the same theme
2: if you're really interested in hearing that you can go back and listen to the 3demers podcast where we covered the comparisons of the original to the remake we kind of did that a bit here too you know i went deeper into the history of the film and stuff there too so like you gave just as much good knowledge you regurgitated your book you said everything that was needed to be said and you're you're fine
1: regurgitation is actually tie into the theme of food
2: exactly (laughs) I don't care if I ever watch this movie again, not because I hate it. I just really don't care about this movie that much. I think there's better Roald Dahl works. I think that this is probably his most overhyped and his least interesting work. And I think when we're going into the catalog...
1: Is it his very first adaptation?
2: Yeah, his first book adapted into a film, but it's his least interesting out of all of them. Like, I would definitely go back and do Matilda. I think BFG is thing. I'm a huge fan of The Witches. Like I said, Witches is definitely like one of my more favorites. He's got a ton of great short stories. His short story work was always one of my more favorite stuff.
1: I think that this book was great. I really did think that it was funny and I thought it was really well put right. together. But then after seeing the Tim Burton movie, I'm like, you got as close to it as I think I agree with you're that. going to get. Yeah. I think after that it's done unless you want to make up a prequel with timothy chalamet then go for it
2: when you look at the tim burton movie like like you said it's as close as you're gonna get and i'm like eh, that movie's not really all that good either and i think i'm just kind of over it
1: well it's like i said the effects are dated i don't hate Depp, but he brings a blandness to the character
2: this is not a deep story there's not layers it's a very basic story i'm not mad at that that's fine I'm just kind of tired of watching it. As far as, like you said, on the food scale, it's definitely, I wouldn't call it junk food. I think it has a little bit more nutritional value because I think there's life lessons. I think
1: when you start breaking into the ingredients.
2: There is something to be learned. Don't be a shitty little child. That's a good lesson to be learned. Don't behave like these shitty kids or there's consequences to your shitty be- behaviors. Roll dolls books are very blunt in their messages of don't be a shitty person there's consequences to being a shitty person like all the shitty people in his books there's consequences to being shitty the terrible things that happen to the people in the books they come out the other side better people all the bad things that happen to the kids in the books make them better people
1: yeah dead people
2: they're all good people in the end who learn lessons there's stuff to be learned from Roald Dahl's stories
1: right and what would you say this is
2: Be like charlie like don't be a shitty person
1: be good and it'll pay off yeah don't be shitty and it'll pay off
2: it's a really simple basic story be a good person and shit pays off for you like i mean that's not always true i live in america it's a real basic plot but that is what it is is don't be a shitty person and things pay off for you so i don't think the message is negative i don't think the film's negative i think there are other films that we'll be covering especially when you get to mine that'll be much more junk in the junk food basis than this film i think there's much more nutrition in this i would look at it more like a healthier kids meal
1: the kids meal with apples <laughs> it, suss, it, suss. It, you get the diced apples with yeah
2: your. yeah yeah it's like the happy meal but you got like the 100% juice <laughs> and the the apple slices you got and... some
1: low fat milk with your happy meal <laughs> <laughs> and some apple slices
2: it's the panera bread kids meal there you go it's a little bit better than which you would usually get a little bit more expensive, a little bit better for you. It's not terrible for you.
1: Chuck, when did you first see this or become involved with it? Was it the book? Because it sounds like you read the book. I have read the book, but no,
3: I watched it as a kid first. They played it on TV all the time. I think I read the book when I was in probably middle school or high school, though, so I I definitely seen the movie first. Actually, I probably read the book before the Tim Burton one came out. Yeah, the one that I bought probably had Johnny Depp on it.
1: I mean, I do that all the time. Yeah. For Knock on the Cabin, I'm like, I got to hurry up and read this book before I see the movie dune was the same thing like held off on it for so long then like they pushed dune back and everyone was like oh and i'm like no no it's good because that gives me more time yeah. to, free, to it's finish more time to get more. ready for timothy
3: chalamet this is all this whole episode is just all timothy chalamet
1: he's actually taking over altogether. i think do you have fond memories of the movie or was it just nothing or like was your mom did she enjoy the movie and make you watch it nah, i
3: don't think she cares
1: about it she doesn't even care about, <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, she cares about that one she's but... like this whimsical bullshit Yeah.
3: I don't know. I mean, I watched it all the time, but... I never specifically went back and actively go out of my way to rewatch it but like if it came on TV tomorrow I'd be like oh yeah I'll watch it again or something like that but I don't want to say it's like an overrated film probably more of a cult classic in the long term but like now it feels like it's one that's been built up as this amazing movie when it's not an amazing movie it's a decent movie it's not the worst movie I've ever seen but
1: I think it's pretty accurate for what people think it is I don't really ever hear people being like my mind is blown by willy wonka you have to see willy wonka
2: oh i've met those people
1: if there's any fantasy movie that has ever been brought up this is the one you have to watch it's usually wizard of oz and i do think wizard of oz is a great movie
2: see that's a brilliant film
1: or currently i guess all of the lord of the rings movies Ugh. minus whatever the hell the new lord of the rings movies are that are being done
2: i only think the first lord of the rings movie is any good i think the ones after it are pretty awful
1: I also am really fond of Alice in Wonderland, but stop doing it now. The
2: best Lord of the Rings movie are those animated Lord of the Rings movies done by um, the British Animation Company. I can't think of their name.
1: But I think they only did one of them. They didn't even finish They it. did
2: The Hobbit and They Did The Lord of the Rings. Those are all good. Those are excellent. Those are my favorite. Those are, The art style in those just are so good. Amazing.
4: I
1: don't know. I love Peter Jackson's, I think he, his is top notch.
2: Obviously, I heard your food theme, but like, is this something that you were
1: all into or? No, but I always felt like it was one of the big whimsical kids movies that we should discuss at some point on the podcast. This time when I watched it, I couldn't believe how long the prologue was before we get into the story. I can't believe that this much time's passed. I literally remember do the kids pretty quickly and then Charlie gets his ticket and then they're there. My brain has erased 25 (laughs) minutes of the beginning of this movie just totally cut them out what do you remember i remember gene wilder's introduction i remember the creepy boat ride augustus getting sucked up the pipe and violet blowing up to the size of this massive blueberry that they got to roll away which i love the effects for that too i like when she's clearly a doll not a person in that suit yeah because they're probably smacking her fucking head off of everything i'm assuming the child was actually getting hurt So like we gotta stop this I watched it as a kid. I was probably mildly interested in whatever Tim Burton was doing, and I know that I saw that one in theaters, probably opening weekend too, because I was like, "Oh, new Tim Burton movie! I'm there," which I am same way I think. They'll be like, "He's doing Hercules." I'm like, "All right, guess I'm gonna go see the Hercules Tim Burton movie." <laughs>
2: I think I've stopped giving him the time of day in the theater. I don't know if he deserves it anymore.
1: My mindset was, this is a movie I'd like to discuss at some point, And not because I have such high feelings towards it. I read the book for the first time, right before I rewatched this movie. And it kind of made the movie worse for me after having read yeah. the book. The book is the best version of this story. Yeah. 100%. Everything that you need is in that book.
2: And in a lot of ways... The book is the shortest version. Maybe. It doesn't take you very long to read it. It really isn't a very long read. I used to own the book when I was a kid. So I guess when you're asking me, I should have said I did own the book. Someone bought it for me as a Christmas gift and I just...
1: I have this Cormac McCarthy book, The Passenger. And I think I bought it three weeks ago or something. And it is a great book. Honestly, it's probably one of my favorite books that I read in a long time. But I was just slow at getting to it. And I even stopped it to read The Cabin at the End of the World so that I could be ready for Knock of the Cabin. Charlie, I, I picked that book up, and I think it was read within under two hours, and that's probably still putting the book down to go put the dogs out and stuff like that. Yeah, the only addition to this entire movie that I think is decent is the Everlasting Gobstopper's test. I kind of like the idea of of it really being Willy Wonka's man as like a test. But it also kind of fails. Willy Wonka's not supposed to be trusting anybody. That's why he has all the Oompa Loompas and stuff. So where the hell does this other human being come from? that he trusts well enough to do this
2: he should have been a stack of oompa loompas like in a trench coat
1: he should have been slughorn he should have ripped off like his mask and been like yeah it was actually slughorn. next week chuck we're doing your pick if you'd like to tease it no leave it a surprise you kind of tease it a little bit in the tease but i'm calling the appetizer
3: yeah there you go that's all we need
1: that's a good tease right yeah yeah, I don't really have any more final thoughts on this exact movie. I kind of dove into exactly what I wanted to. The adaptation aspect always interests me. The fact that you kind of have a tainted, problematic author. And then, yeah, the director's just... I don't even know how he ended up even making kind of like a well-liked movie. I think he got really lucky with the people that he hired, if I were to be honest. like I think that he got really lucky with his set designers and his costume designers and hair and makeup.
2: It's like I said to you the other day it's like with people think they know with film you have the right brand you have all the right actors the right players the right pieces all the places are done you directed it properly shot it right everything's done properly and it just doesn't take off then you present this terrible fucking idea with all this terrible whatever you just try who fucking knows and somehow it's a giant success. Film is truly unpredictable in its form, and you don't really know what the fuck's gonna stick and what's not, and what's gonna take off and what's not. Because, like,
1: you're baking a cake. Right. You think you're following the instructions, but that cake could come out awful, or you might not know what you're doing, and you make the best cake that has ever been made. It's
2: like that shit that I made the other day. I had ramen noodles and some spam and some eggs, and I was like, I'm gonna fry this shit in a
1: pan. And they called it Fast 10. <laughs>
2: We'll see what happens, and it ended up being pretty good actually. So, who knows if it could have been really disgusting and awful. So, you know, 50 50 on that.
1: I mean, that's another thing, too. Usually, there's a lot of copycat movies when something's successful. Right. Sometimes they end up being pretty entertaining, but a lot of times they're not. I've watched movies where I'm like, ugh, it's just trying to be like David Lynch and no one else can really be him.
2: Well, it's like trying to replicate someone's secret sauce. You don't know what that one piece is if you're if you're replicating it, but you miss the Worcestershire sauce, you fuck the whole thing up.
1: Yeah, you might have the secret recipe, but if you don't put the love into it, right. if You don't have the secret ingredient, you're not gonna make it. And that's our episode.
2: You think it's Thousand Islands, but maybe it's not.
1: <laughs> maybe it's Augustus Glue. <laughs> Ugh. Trust me, he's not gonna be made into the chocolate. He that would taste disgusting, as as Willie would say. Bye.
3: All right. That was our episode. Thanks for listening.
0: You're going to love this. Just love it. which direction we are going There's no knowing where we're rowing Or which way the river's flowing Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane (laughs) a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing So the danger must be growing Are the fires of hell a-blowing? the grizzly reaper mowing yes the danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any
4: signs that they are slow Another
0: puzzle for you ooh, 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 ooh. Oompa loompa doompa da
5: dee doompa, doompa, If you are wise, you'll listen to me Gum chewing's time when it's once in a while It stops you from smoking and brightens your smile But it's repulsive, revolting and wrong Chewing and chewing all day long The way that a cow does Uh, uh, Given good manners, you will go far.
4: You will live in happiness too. Like.